You're listening to the Bragman Breakdown Podcast. Here's your host, Jackson Bragman. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Welcome in to Bragman Breakdown, episode 86 on Christmas Day for you guys. This will be uploaded Monday, the day after Christmas. We're actually recording this in the early hours of Monday morning. So this is late prime potting hours after the Denver Nuggets Phoenix Suns overtime game just finished up uh, from Denver. Rock and crowd in Denver, by the way. Shout out to the Denver fans. They were the most electric fans all throughout Christmas Day. And that final game between Denver and Phoenix was the game of the day, in my opinion. And we will get to that at the end of this podcast. But before we do, we're going to run through the first four games that took place on Christmas Day. As a person of Jewish heritage myself, Christmas Day is one of my favorite days of the year for two reasons. Number one, it is the pinnacle of the NBA regular season. It's the biggest day of the NBA regular season. We get to see these big matchups on this big stage, the best teams going at it. It's always a blast. And number two, I always eat some bump Chinese food on Christmas Day. So Christmas Day is certainly one of my favorite days of the year. And uh, we're going to get you caught up for those who are listening. And a lot of people are maybe watching a lot of football in the fall and the winter, and they don't really start watching the NBA until after Christmas. So if that's the case for you, I'm going to get you caught up. If you're like me and you've been watching the NBA all season, you've been watching a lot of basketball, uh, and you watched all the games today slash yesterday, um, then we are going to cover that for you. And uh, we're going to give you some, some great analysis as well. So uh, this is a podcast for the people. For everyone to enjoy. Uh, I actually put a lot of research into this one. This is a solo pod, so you know, you know that I, I had to go out and uh, and go go into go do a stats deep dive for the pod. No partner, no Gabe the Goose, no Gabe Green on this one. No interview. We're, we're riding solo. I don't think we've done a solo pod since the summer, so I think this will be this will be a good little test for me. But I am looking forward to it. So let's start out with the first game, which was the Philadelphia 76ers versus the New York Knicks. That was this afternoon, 12 o'clock Eastern time. And uh, the Sixers win 119-112. They extend their winning streak to eight games now. And they've been on this winning streak without the help of Tyrese Maxey, who is their second leading scorer. So I think the question must be asked, are we ready to put Philly in the title conversation? I would say yes. And Ryan Rosillo has a very good philosophy about this. Would you be surprised if this team ends up in the finals? If not, then they're a title contender. I would not be surprised if Philly ends up at the finals. I would be, I still think even after today, I think Milwaukee is more likely to make it. And I think they're a better team. And I think Boston is a better team than Philadelphia. However, I would not be surprised per se if Philly does end up in the finals. And once again, they're on this eight game winning streak. Harden's playing great. um, Embiid's playing great. We'll get to them. But I can't emphasize how important Maxi is to this team. He's their second leading scorer. He's averaging just under 23 points a game. And he's a lockdown perimeter defender as well at the guard spot. So to go on the road against a hot Knicks team and win comfortably without him, I think, speaks volumes. New York was actually up one heading into the fourth quarter of this game before Philly opened up the fourth on a 21-6 run. So that was kind of the defining run of this game. And Jalen Rose actually made a, a very simple point, but a, a very good point post game saying that the 76ers have this superstar in Joel Embiid. Then they have this guy, James Harden, who's maybe not a superstar at this point in his career, but is a former MVP and is a perennial all-star. And the Knicks don't have either of those. And sure, the Knicks have a good collective unit. In these last 12 games, they've gone 9-3, and and they've had the second-best defense in the NBA over that stretch over these last 12 games. But as good as the defense has been, 
as good as Randall and Brunson were today, they don't have that one guy that can carry them in a playoff series the way Philly can, or can carry them in these big moments in these big games the way that Philly can, uh, like they like Embiid did and like Harden did on Christmas Day. So I think that's the biggest difference between these two teams, and uh, that's where Philly has a little bit of the edge. But uh, I think that Embiid played very well. I'm convinced Joel Embiid could be the best player in the NBA. I'm convinced that he has it in him. I just don't. He's so dominant, but he just he falls asleep sometimes. Like he had thirty five, a quiet thirty five points. Like still, like I I wrote, he still scored thirty five points in this game, even though he's falling asleep on certain possessions. I think he he had like sixteen in the first half, but he wasn't. That, I didn't think he was that impactful. He wasn't that good. He's that's just how special he is. If a guy like Embiid had Giannis's motor, I think that we would be talking about Embiid as the leader in the MVP race as the best player in the NBA right now. That's how special some of the stuff that he does is 35 points, eight rebounds for him on the day. And uh, I think in the playoffs, I would assume he's going to turn it up. And I hope that, uh, that by that point, he's going to start to figure it out and, uh, and go balls to the wall, every single possession in those big games. Um, Harden's been great. Harden had a triple double with a career high 21 assists on Friday night against the Clippers. Uh, today had 29 points and 13 assists, only one turnover also. And uh, he's kind of recognized that this is Embiid's team and he's embracing his role as a playmaker for this team. But he showed you today that he can still score with the best in the league. He can still get to the free throw line at will. And I think he's playing his best basketball since when he was in Houston, in my opinion. So Harden was great. Uh, and then one guy that I want to shout out as well for Philly is D'Anthony Melton, who was a huge pickup for the 76ers in the offseason, coming from Memphis. Uh, they really needed another catch-and-shoot guy to add some floor spacing to allow Harden and Embiid to kind of cook a little bit. He was 5 of 7 from 3 today. He's shooting over 45% from beyond the arc in the month of December. He is red hot right now and uh, also played really good defense, got in a little bit of foul trouble, had 5 fouls when it was all said and done, but I liked the effort on the defensive end. And uh, you combine the spacing he provides with the shooting that Niang gives you off the bench. He had a couple of big shots in the fourth quarter, and uh, floor spacing is vastly improved for the Sixers. 76ers second in the NBA this season in three-point percentage compared to seventh last season. So a little bit of a jump there, and I think De'Anthony Melton is a big reason why. So Philly, I think that they are definitely title contenders. I think they showed you that today. As for the Knicks, though... Um, I think that uh, I was still impressed by them. And Jalen Brunson, people thought he got overpaid by the Knicks in the offseason. I thought that was ludicrous. I think that he was actually underpaid. I love watching Jalen Brunson play. Not Again, not a superstar, not necessarily an all-star yet, but so, so underrated and such a great point guard. I wish more people appreciated Jalen Brunson. He spent so long in Luka's shadow on the Mavericks, and I'm so happy to see him have control of an offense now. Outside of Shea... I think Brunson might be the best point guard in the league at driving to the rim. He's so twitchy. Once he gets inside the perimeter, he's a great finisher. He knows when to dish it to his teammates, dish it inside, kick it out. He's such a pure point guard. He's such a smart player. He's such an underrated asset in the league today. Um, So I was really impressed by him, and I was impressed by a a lot of guys on the Knicks. I think Mitchell Robinson looked really good. He had seven offensive rebounds. He's third in the NBA in offensive rebounds, and he was really good on the boards, really disruptive inside defensively. And, uh, you know, Randall... Looked really good in that first half, 25 points in the first half. And, you know, back to the Rose point uh, that he made in the postgame show. Does this team advance past the second round of the playoffs? Probably not. 
you know, we saw two years ago in that series against the Hawks uh, that Atlanta had Trey Young playing at a superstar level, and Randall just couldn't match that. Even though Randall was second team all in the NBA that season, he just couldn't match what Trey Young was doing. And that was the difference in that series. I feel like it's going to be a similar theme this year in the postseason for New York if they get there, assuming they do. But, I mean, they were the 11th seed in the East last year. It's a nice turnaround for Thibodeau and this team to get back in the playoff picture and be playing really good defense and to be playing a good collective style of basketball. But I still think that Philly showed today that they are the much better team. Uh, Let's move on to Lakers-Mavericks, the 230 game. Lakers were actually up. 54-43 54-43 to 43 at halftime. They were up 11 at the half. And then the Mavericks won the third quarter, 51-21. to 21. My big takeaway from this game, Christian Wood is, is a real thing. Like, this is not just another average rim-running big. He actually has a lot more skill than, like, the Steven Adams, the Yusuf Nurkic's of the world. Not that those guys aren't good players. I like those guys. But they don't pop off the screen the way that Wood has this season. They don't have the same skill level. For a guy that's 6'10", he's shooting 38% from three. He can put the ball on the floor. He can knock down shots in the mid-range. He's a dangerous lob threat. Granted, um, you know, he works great with Luka out of the pick and roll, and I think it's very easy for guys to be dominant lob threats when you're playing with Luka, who attracts so much attention from the defense and is such a great passer, but is still a really nice lob threat and, you know, defensively so long, so disruptive, had four steals and two blocks today. Christian Wood is the real deal. We saw a little bit, we saw glimpses of this when he was in Detroit, then he kind of fell off a little bit, but now back shooting the basketball at an efficient clip and he looks really good. He's the Mavericks second best player right now. Uh, So he has been really solid all season and he showed that today. Uh, All that being said, I think that Mavericks losing Brunson in the offseason, we just talked about how, good Jalen Brunson is. I think losing Brunson in the offseason is really going to hurt them come postseason time. Not having that secondary facilitator to help run your offense, I think is going to hurt them. And in those minutes when Luka's not on the floor, uh, I think it's going to be rough for the Mavericks. And we all know how special Luka is. We don't have to talk about about him, but he, he had a great game as well. Um, as for the Lakers, Anthony Davis... Another injury. So this was his fifth straight game that he missed. He's going to be out for probably another month. In these last five games that Davis has been out, the Lakers are 1-4. and They have given up a league-worst 127.8 points per game over that stretch. This team is 13th in the West. Anthony Davis is not coming back anytime soon. This is not a play-in team. LeBron scored 38, and the Lakers weren't even in the game down the stretch. Spoiler alert. LeBron's going to be 38 years old in less than a week. He's not going to be scoring 38 points a game for you in February or March in the dog days of the NBA season. It's not going to happen. The lack of the lack of depth on this team is like frightening. Like it's it's horrendous when you when you look down the depth chart. Wenyan Gabriel played 17 minutes in this National Basketball Association contest. What is going on? Wenyan Gabriel Congrats, Rob Plink, on the extension, by the way. Uh, let's move on to Bucks celtics 5 o'clock game. The Celtics got back on track in this one, defeating the Milwaukee Bucks 139-118, to a 21-point blowout win for Boston at home. They lost three of their last four heading into tonight's game, and with this win, they now stand alone at the top of the Eastern Conference. Joe Mazzulla was mic'd up for this game, 
uh, the Celtics head coach, for those who don't know. And after a third quarter in which Jason Tatum scored 20 points, Celtics took a 14-point lead heading into the fourth. He said to his guys in the huddle, first three minutes of this quarter are important. He's like, Milwaukee plays harder in the fourth. Let's go on and dominate to open this quarter and put this thing away. I thought this was great because Milwaukee's got to be over there on their sideline thinking, all right, we're down 14. We need a big push here to get back into this. And the Bucs won the first three minutes of the fourth quarter, 10 to 5. At that point, Boston just has all the momentum. Milwaukee was mentally checked out. They were done at that point. Celtics did about as good of a job as you can do on Giannis, by the way. Um, I heard Doris Burke say at, at one point in the third quarter that he was one of six from inside the paint. One of six from inside the paint. Gian, that's Giannis Antetokounmpo, folks. And I'm not sure how he finished from inside the paint. He was nine of 22 from the field overall on the night and really had to work to get to his spots. Granted, still had 27 points, but he had a inefficient, really difficult 27 points on the day. And really nice job by... Boston in this one, who is now a game and a half clear of Milwaukee atop the East. Now we move on to the 8 o'clock game, the Grizzlies versus the Warriors. With Ja, here's the thing. If you put together a 10-minute best plays reel for every player in the NBA, you would think that Ja Moran, and you watched all, all of the best players reels, you would think Ja Moran is the best player in the NBA. When you watch a full game, I'm going to go on a limb here. It can be a little bit frustrating at times. Don't get me wrong. Still a top 10 player in the league. He's really special. But had six turnovers. Shot two of 10 from three. I think he takes too many threes to begin with. I know he has he has to take some because you know makes the defense stay on their toes. And he's more effective driving to the basket when he's shooting well from outside the perimeter. But he's shooting 33% on the season on over five attempts per game, which is pretty poor. He's just a little reckless sometimes. It's still a great player. One of my favorite players in the league to watch. But there's some frustrating stuff with him that doesn't always get the attention of the national media. Not to throw shade at Ja. We know how special Ja is. Um, but that, that was the one thing that worried me a little bit about Memphis in this game, that they lost to Golden State. Um, I'm, I'm not too concerned. I think... When you look at Memphis, they're, they're still you know, one of the best teams in the league. They, they, they only shot 23% from three last night, um, so they just had an off-shooting night. Uh, it was Desmond Bain's second game back, so he's still working back in, into the rhythm of things. I think he was like 0 for 7 from three. Don't quote me on that, but something like that. He was he did not have a good night shooting the basketball, and we all know how talented Bain is. At least I do. I, I guess we don't all know. I will be the one to tell you. Desmond Maiden is very good at basketball. So once he gets back into a rhythm, which I have no doubt that he will, um, he'll the, the Grizzlies will be fine uh, with him and John in the backcourt. Uh, I think I think the Grizzlies actually have the best backcourt in the NBA, probably between John Bain. Um, and the Warriors have been really good at home this season, too. They're now 13-2 and two at home this year, so it's really tough to go on the road and beat the Warriors, especially on Christmas Day. The place was packed. Uh, so... I'm not too worried about the Grizzlies, but let's talk about the Warriors. They did win the game. Uh, Poole was obviously great before he got ejected. 32 points in 29 minutes. He picked up that second technical foul, so he missed uh, the end of the game. He just had a career-high 43 points against Toronto last week as well. So after kind of a rough start to the season, he's been starting to feel himself a little bit. He's playing a lot better. 
Draymond showed you some good stuff defensively, per usual. Great stat line for Draymond. One of three from the field. Three points, 13 rebounds, 13 assists from Green doing just about everything besides scoring the basketball for Golden State. So he was fun to watch. Uh, you know, he's a, a little bit obnoxious sometimes, screaming in dudes' faces, flexing and whatever. I'm not a fan of all Draymond's antics, but he's still fun to watch. Uh, you can't deny that. And uh, I know the Warriors won this game. I know they're 13-2 and two at home this season. I just don't see this team winning a lot over the next month if Curry is going to be out. Like, I don't think Poole is going to be averaging like 35 points over this stretch while Curry's out. I think a lot of things went right for Golden State. They shot almost 20% higher um, from three than Memphis did. I, they've they've got some a tough schedule coming up. I just don't see this team really winning a lot of games if Curry's not playing. They're 11th at the West right now. Uh, I I would be very surprised if by the end of the season this team is a top six team in the West. I think they'll end up in the play and mix when it's all said and done. And then finally, we had, in my opinion, the game of the day: the Phoenix Suns versus the Denver Nuggets. My favorite part about this whole game, by the way, was um, a huge shout out to um, the Nuggets sound team. The Nuggets at one point in the fourth quarter intentionally fouled Bismack Biombo, who's a below forty percent free throw shooter. And Biombo went to the line. He made the first free throw. He missed the second one. And the um, you know the Nuggets have their um, different teams. Sometimes play like when their own team makes a free throw. Uh, they'll play like the Mario, like getting a coin sound effect, like ding. Like when when the, if the Nuggets made a free throw, that's what they did. When Bismack missed the second free throw on the back end of that trip to the free throw line after getting intentionally fouled, they played a bruh sound effect. <laughs> for Biombo uh, breaking that second free throw short. So I, I was thoroughly amused by that. I thought that was that was a very good job by the uh, the Denver Sound team. So shout out to them. Um, in terms of the Suns, Booker goes out after four minutes in this game. He missed the last game with a groin injury. It, looks, it seems like he re-aggravated that groin. And uh, Phoenix really stepped up without him, even though Booker wasn't on the floor. When Booker went out after those four minutes, Denver's already up double digits. Um and Dorsberg said this on the broadcast, like Phoenix could have very easily been like, okay, Booker's out, we're down, we're going to pack it in. But they did not. They fought. Landry Shaman had 31 points. He was absolutely on fire. Suns, a, a good team effort from the Suns. No Booker, so everyone got involved in the scoring column. The Suns had six guys with 13 or more points, but it was not enough to stop Jokic and the Nuggets. Denver is now in sole possession of first place in the Western Conference with a 21-11 and 11 record. And I've been thinking about this over the past couple of weeks. I, I haven't wanted to pull the trigger yet, but I think that last night solidified it for me. Nikola Jokic is the best player in the NBA right now and should be the favorite to win MVP. I think he's past Giannis because of the sheer versatility he presents as a big man. 41-15-15 and 15 tonight, the most points ever scored in a triple-double on Christmas Day. 41, 15, and 15. I'll repeat that for you guys one more time. He now has a league-leading seven triple-doubles this season as a big man, which is incredible. He's 0.6 assists away from averaging a triple-double. And he's the best passing big man in the history of basketball. We all know that he can stretch the floor. He can knock down the three ball uh, as well. His favorite spot, though, that I, I've noticed 
uh, to have the basketball is in that high post, like on the baseline. That's where he's most dangerous because he can face the basket. He can pass to cutters inside. He can shoot a mid-range jumper over smaller guys if he has that mismatch and he can face the basket. If he's got a big guy on him, he can go back to the basket. He And he loves that. You know, he, he loves to post guys up and he has a million different moves that he can go to in the paint. Or he loves that baseline and fadeaway jumper, that like 18 to 20 foot baseline fadeaway. Um so he, I mean, you can go face up, he can go back to the basket. So much skill. Um, he's just such a joy to watch. He might be number one in my like league pass favorite players to watch rankings. Like he is incredible. And I think because he plays in Denver, which isn't a huge market and isn't on national TV all the time, doesn't always get the love that he deserves. But in my opinion, is the best player in basketball right now. And, uh, you know, in other news, in Denver. How about Aaron Gordon? He was outstanding. 28 points, seven dunks. He's third in the NBA in dunks now. Richard Jefferson said that he's the perfect four-man to have next to Jokic. I agree 100%. I think that was a great take. They have great chemistry. He's a guy that can stretch the floor a little bit, plays really good defense, great athlete, very versatile. He had that clutch deal in overtime on the defensive end. Uh, And there were even a few times which I thought was great, and this was really creative by Mike Malone, uh, where Gordon and Jokic were working out of the pick and roll together, and they were alternating like which guy was the screener, which guy was the ball handler, which is just very creative stuff. And the chemistry with those two guys is phenomenal. Not to mention that he put Landry Shamit on a poster in the closing moments of overtime. There, they, initially they called it a charge, and then they reviewed it and they they called it a block, which is like I know Landry Shamit was on the bench, like praying that that call did not go overturned because he got absolutely posterized. Um, my goodness, that was I think that was the play of the day. Um, go look that up if you haven't seen it already. I mean, my God. Um, for Denver, I was a little bit bummed by Bone, Bones Highland. I think he's been really good this season for Denver off the bench. Uh, he was zero for five from three tonight. Just didn't really have it going. Shot selection was a little bit goofy at times, um, so I didn't love that. But I, I, I'm still, I'm still very much in on Bones Highland. I still think he's been really good this season uh, as the sixth man for Denver. Um, but yeah, a little bummed that he didn't show out a little bit more. Um, Jamal Murray, man, I was watching the first three quarters of this game. I was kind of saying to myself, Jamal Murray doesn't look like his old self. He's lost some speed. He's lost some twitchiness, and that's how I've kind of felt about him so far this season. But in the fourth quarter. Murray came alive, 11 points in the first three quarters. He had 14 in the fourth. And once it got to overtime, had, I believe, two points and a couple really nice assists. And he was just absolutely phenomenal down the stretch. And I think about bubble Jamal Murray that went toe-to-toe with Donovan Mitchell and the Jazz in that all-time playoff series in the first round in 2020. And that's just a different player. The Nuggets were my preseason pick to win the title this year but that pick was kind of under the assumption that we were going to have jamal murray playing at an all-star level this season and that hasn't necessarily been the case so i'm very very hopeful that the fourth quarter of this game is an indication of things to come for murray for the rest of the season and i'm really rooting for jamal murray i mean good guy and when he's playing at his best he's so fun to watch so i i'm really hopeful that we're going to see good jamal murray um come alive but regardless still the number one team in the west um, and he has he has a little bit of time to find himself. So I, I wasn't super impressed by him tonight until the later stages of that game. Um, a little side note, by the way, I hate Michael Porter Jr. Like with a burning passion. Like 
first of all, don't I don't want to get into the off the court antics, but you can you know, I'll allow the listeners to do their own research on that. Um, the defensive effort is just appalling. Like it was appalling all game, even in overtime. They're under two minutes left in overtime of a Christmas Day game, and he fell asleep under the rim. Aiden got an easy two on him, and it was just brutal to watch him on defense today. Uh, we knew coming out of college that this was not going to be a good defensive player. He's one of the worst defenders in the NBA, which is just horrific considering his wingspan and considering his build. He should be a great defender, but he's not. Uh, he's 3 for 11 from the field, 0 for 5 from 3. Terrible shot selection. Not a good showing from Michael Porter Jr. on Christmas. I, I was not a fan of his. And I think that's how we're going to wrap things up. There is your Christmas Day recap. I'm going to wrap things up with a little MPJ slander on Christmas Day. A great day of basketball. So many fun young stars in the league today. The NBA is in very good hands, in my opinion. So there's my little Christmas Day recap. A little solo pod action. I hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, Make sure to rate the Bragman Breakdown five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, If you're listening on those platforms, follow us on social media at Bragman Breakdown Pod on Instagram is the best place to follow us. I think it's Bragman Breakdown Podcast on TikTok. So you can check us out over there as well. And we will see you guys next week. Peace.